says Alethea. If you if you um, do like Alethea pronunciation with sounds like Alethea Keys. <laughs> Alethea Keys. <laughs> and now this is Alethea Keys. <laughs> Please welcome to the stage, Alethea Keys. <laughs> This is this is the intro. This is, this is the I was just gonna say that. <laughs> this is the intro. <laughs> Hola, me llamo Rosa. 안녕하세요. 저는 Kelsey입니다. Bonjour, je suis Gloria. Oh, oui, oui. And this. Oh. Enchanté. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this is Circling Cersei. I feel like I need to say. I that was gonna say. Now say it in Korean, Kelsey. Go. <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah, same. I don't know how to say that in French. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Como se dice circling Cersei en español? Cirque le Cersei. Cirque le Cersei. Cirque de Cersei. I was just going to say, so would, it, would she be Cirque du Cersei? I don't know. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Uh, It's quite a circus that Cersei has on her plate, isn't mm-hmm. it? I think I that know, was right? one of our original... Uh, Britney Spears song. Yeah, <laughs> circus. Yeah, I think it was. Sorry, like one of our said. original title ideas. Cirque du Cersei. <laughs> well, what's up? How is everyone? Good. How are you all? Okay, okay. You know, I can't complain. Living large. <laughs> It's almost my birthday. It's almost <gasps> my birthday. Even though we're recording this almost... in the fall, it's going to be airing in January. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Production it's secrets. Almost, you're, technically, it's almost glorious. Yeah. Birthday. In real in life, yes, days. it is almost glorious. In birthday. real life, <laughs> it's almost glorious birthday. And if you know when glorious birthday is, you're going to be like, damn, you recorded this early. Damn. But like we said, I'm pregnant AF, so we're getting this done before that baby pops out, yes. which at this point could be close to Kelsey's yeah. birthday. I think mm-hmm, I'm having an Aquarius, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I am we'll turning see. 21. We'll Woohoo! <laughs> Again. DJ Horn. <laughs> <laughs> My klaxon. <laughs> oh, look at you. If, you. if you've learned new vocabulary words. <laughs> Well, Kelsey, since it's almost your birthday, <laughs> oh, do you want to dive in? This with is our the summary? gift that I get. Yes, I get you get the, the gift summary. of work. Great, yeah. I'm so glad. Can I return it? Yeah. Did you give Did you give the receipt? Oh, dang, no receipt. Sorry. Oh, oh, oh no. Dang. Oops. <laughs> well, this is a post Odysseus world that we're living in. In uh, chapter mm-hmm. 18, the chapter opens, and uh, our girl Cersei is. All around me are familiar faces. (laughs) She's very, she's quite sad on her beach on Ayaya. And she's very sad thinking of all the things that her and Odysseus did together. And Mm. oh, yeah, she's pregnant. She has got a little baklava in the oven. Uh, Oh, Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, something's mm -hmm. baking in there. So we hear that this child that she's going to have is going to be a demigod because it's part mortal, part god. Um, and we'll have a special grace based on um, Cersei's divine blood 
and that grace or skill might be like beauty or speed or strength or charm. But other than that, he's going to be fully mortal and he could be injured or killed like basically any other human being. Mm-hmm. Um, she kicks out all the prisoner nymphs from Sertatraz um, in a voice that I, I imagine her grandmother, she inherited from her grandmother and she's like, leave now. <laughs> Get out. So I need Gloria to do the leave now. Leave now. Dang. That was he did it so hard that you blew out the mic. Oh, I did? <laughs> Should I back up a little? It was like a digital. Leave now. It was like an angry robot. Well, I was trying to it was like <laughs> I was trying to add in add in the hoarseness from her puking 24-7. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, my my sound effect earlier wasn't from for the song. It was because after the song ended, she immediately vomited. Yes, right. She was like, yeah. "It's like one of those one of those camera angles where it's from the back and her shoulders are shaking, and you're like, oh, she's so upset, she's bawling.' And then you, it comes around to the front, and she's like puking into a trash can, <laughs> into a shell, into a shell, into a big conk. Yeah. <laughs> And I just want to clarify oh that demigod gosh. is not They're like gonna... half Demi Lovato and half God, right? <laughs> is that like medieval is not halfway evil? No, yeah, right. It sounds like it. These deceptive words, man. Yeah. English is crazy. Yeah. English yeah. make no sense. Yeah, that's why we had to do our uh, our start in other languages. Oh yeah, yes. nice tie-in. Full yeah. refusal of English. <laughs> <laughs> so she says that there's there's no counter spell there's like no potion or anything that she can whip up for her her sickness and it's not just morning sickness it's like entire pregnancy oh. sickness and she's finding no relief she's got HG. yeah hyper yeah. MSS gravidarum the original she's pa- sorry, patient zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right is that the scientific so name thing. of morning sickness it's when it's like serious no. it's like very no, no, intense no. morning sickness and it oh. can last the whole pregnancy it lasts the whole time and like the whole pregnancy and I've had several people I know and close friends who've had it and it is hard enough getting through the first trimester. At least for me, I get very sick and I can't imagine that not letting up like eventually. Um, it Yeah, it's really, really bad and there's some unlucky ladies out there who suffer through that and it is no bueno. Yeah, I actually... Yeah, I actually did thing. my final project for my clinical nutrition internship on that because there was a case like my first week of my internship where a woman had that. And I was like, I know morning sickness, but I don't know this. So I researched it and it's it's pretty insane. And it's, it's there's not a lot you can do nutritionally because yeah. <laughs> it's like the food has to stay in. So a lot of times they end up going on like tube feeds. Or you have to go get like an IV every once in a while for fluids and stuff because you just can't. It just depends on the person and how severe. Like some people, they just have sickness enough that like they're able to get through without like maybe going to the hospital. But a, a big telltale sign is like you're just you you have like no you're dehydrated because you can't oh even you can't down, even like, keep water. that down yeah so you have to mm-hmm. go it's, it's intravenous with the food. Oh, <laughs> so to make sure that she stays alone and nobody bothers her um, after she's you know 
given early release, granted early release to all her prisoners, um, <laughs> she casts an illusion spell over her island to make it look like it's inhabit- inhabitable and dangerous so nobody will come to shore. Um, so that's, she's kind of basically, you know, puts a invisibility cloak over it and she just wallows <laughs> in her misery for a little while. Um, something I laughed at was like, this is how Zeus must have felt before Athena leapt from his skull. <laughs> like, okay, girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like her headaches are so bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's another very, very accurate pregnancy um, symptom as well is you can get really bad headaches because your blood mass like doubles mm-hmm. or something crazy like that. So you have more blood in your body. Fun. I'm just going to, you know, keep dropping the pregnancy facts. Uh, cool. Uh, as we go. But yeah, so it's like messes with your head and uh, you can like faint easily because of it and all this. It's just wild. It's so crazy. Anyways. So as time goes on in her pregnancy, she begins to feel love and excitement for her unborn son. Uh, Apparently she knows that he's going to be a son. She's like talking to him every moment and she's making clothes for him and thinking about how much he'll like the island. And she's feeling excited. And she says it's that the island is the perfect solitude that would never be loneliness again. Hmm. And I'm very nervous about this quote (laughs) because, you know, I just I get very nervous about anybody putting, you know, all of their hopes and dreams into something that Mm -hmm. doesn't have a sure angle, a sure ending or like a sure thing, you know, and she just has all of these past relationships romantic or not of just that she put all of this hope and faith in and they just completely crash and burn like you know her dad Aetes Glaucos and even Daedalus and Odysseus you know that she had these really incredible feelings for and just crash and burn and so I'm having I'm, I was I read this part and I'm getting like PTSD twinges in my eyes starting to twitch a little bit you know <laughs> I'm I'm like oh no here we go again so I really <laughs> hope for her hope for our girl Cersei that this whole thing with her son turns out but I'm also cautiously half pessimistic about it but anyway um so I really hope that she has some kind of a meaningful relationship at some point um, that isn't, you know, doomed from the start. But I don't know. Again, I'm not holding my breath. But anyway, so in in her talking to her son, um, she says something that also like she says a lot of things at this at this point in this chapter where I'm like, oh, like, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this. And she says, your father said once that he wanted more children, but that is not why you live. You are for me. And it made me a little nervous again. I don't know. Maybe it's because, you know, I started listening to the audiobook a couple chapters ago. And so I don't know if it was like the way that the the person who was reading it said this line, but it was very like, you are for me, you know, <laughs> like if I can have you, nobody can like that kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, and Yikes. maybe it was not meant to be like that. Maybe it was very like, you are for me, you know, <laughs> very sweet. And Ooh, yeah. I think it was the way that the person who's reading it said it. But I guess it could go either way now that I'm reading it in print, you know. So she starts to go into labor. She has to crawl into her house from her garden, which I can't even imagine going through labor, crawling through your front lawn into your house, onto your marble floor. Yeah, there was a lot of this chapter that I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> And like by yourself too. Didn't Rose do that at a party way before she was pregnant? There's that story you guys tell about oh, the yes. garden, front garden. <laughs> what? 
for New Year's how you crawled into the grass and threw up? <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Yeah, thanks for putting me on blast. Good, good times. Fun times. New Year's like 2007. I'm sorry. That was what popped into my head and I thought we'd talked about it before. <laughs> maybe not. I feel like it got cut. Oh. I think it got cut. It might have gotten cut. Okay, yeah, so but, we can cut uh, this. <laughs> no, Stay tuned for the special it's okay. features. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's cool. I'm sorry. Whatever. I thought it was, it was free game. We've all been there. We've all crawled. We've all crawled into the grass. We, oh, yeah. We've all crawled into a front lawn and vomited at one point mm-hmm. in our lives. On New Year's when everyone's counting yeah. down to midnight. You know, we've all been there. But the story was that you made it to midnight. It was like two, one, happy, blah. So you made it, technically. <laughs> yeah, I made it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a win yeah. for you. We're going to put that in the W. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I didn't have to do any crawling when I actually bird the child. So I'll, I'll call oh, that a good. double win. Yeah. You know? I didn't have to. Take your ones yeah. you can get them. Yeah. Rose. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she's crawling on all fours from her garden to her house. She knows that if it takes too long to have this kid, that the kid will die. But she doesn't know what to do to move it along. She has zero experience with childbirth, zero experience with labor. Obviously, doesn't know, you know, what comes next. She worries that the baby's dead inside or that she's growing some kind of monster like Pacifé did. So she literally reaches inside herself to make sure the kid doesn't have horns, which he doesn't. So, I mean, that's great, I guess. I don't know. At this point, I was that like, was what the like- hell am I reading? Well, at least it sounds like she's dilated enough if she can reach inside herself. So if she can get her hand in there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, she's at least four or five centimeters. No, it's funny because that was like one of my notes was just like, I love that she checks for horns like. Because even, like, as a pregnant woman, reading the whole, like, Minotaur scene, it, like, scars you. I'm Mm -hmm. just like, oh, yeah, like, no. So it it made me chuckle. Um, You know, it might be a little black humor, but it definitely made me chuckle. Rose, when you were having your baby, did you you ask, are there horns? (laughs) Yeah, I did not ask about horns, uh, thankfully. So, but who knows? I I got another chance. I'm sure my uh, OB would really find that hilarious yeah. if I asked for them to check. For well, horns. my question is so. like, what <laughs> would she have done if she did find horns? Like, what's the next step after that? Yeah, pull. Oh God, grab and pull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take her hand out so she, her fingers don't get yeah, off. Yeah, oh, true, true. She's like, I know what happened last time I did this. <laughs> So she prays to Ilithia, who is the goddess of childbirth, who is said to come to all god and demigod births. Um, but Ilithia is can't come to the phone right now because somebody <laughs> is blocking her phone call. Um, she realizes that if a god doesn't want Ilithia to come to a birth, they can hold her back. So she's like, somebody out there don't want this kid to get born. And so as a result, she becomes Momzilla and she's like, this baby's coming out whether he wants to or not. <laughs> so she decides that she. How frustrating is that too, right? Like, I'm like, can this, can Cersei not get a break? No. Like, the gods yeah. have done her so dirty so many times and I was so mad. I'm like, really? Really? Like, oh. So, sorry. Side note. Yeah. I, I just, about she's that. like the original doula I'm- and she didn't show up. <laughs> They like tore that. They tore that part out of her schedule book. They're mm-hmm. like, mm, no, you don't have any other appointments today. Yep. Nope. nope. <laughs> so like during this part of the chapter, I just imagine Cersei's voice as like constantly like, <laughs> like 
you know, she just like uh, turns lizard brain on and she's like, get the baby out. Like, <laughs> you know, no, no pain meds, like nobody there to help her. She's reaching up inside herself to make sure there's no horns. Like I just, this is a woman on a mission and um, she needs an IV like right now and it's too late. Oh man, she missed the window. <laughs> she did. They were like, yeah, it's too late. She, she ain't getting the epidural. <laughs> nope. She is not yeah. getting the epidural. So she goes to her kitchen. She gets a knife and a mirror. And this is where I put the book down and I regretted having eaten before reading this chapter. <laughs> I was like, oh no, oh no. It's like the, the moment where you're like, I know what's going to happen, but I don't want it to happen. I don't want it to happen. I don't want it. So, and again, this is where we drink because she says there was no data list now to help me. Oh, raise and a that's our Daedalus shot, mansion. Shot, shot, raise a glass. Shot, shot, shot. Take a shot. Raise a glass to Daedalus. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so she grabs the knife in one hand, slices that belly open like a Thanksgiving turkey, and boop, out pops Ooh. the stuffing. I mean, her son, Telegonus, because I will forget how to say it. So I wrote it in my notes as Telegonus. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote it as Telly. <laughs> Oh, Telly. Oh, cute. I like that. I'm going to say Telly. <laughs> so, you know, the the hard part of the physical part is over and she has a very sweet moment holding Telegonus against her. And she's like, see, we do not need anyone. And there goes my PTSD antennas again. I'm like, <laughs> like I'm very nervous. <laughs> very nervous. This is all going to go south at some point. Um so the unicorns and rainbows, you know, post-birth moment, it doesn't last very long um, because soon Cersei is welcomed into the lovely world of changing diapers. And I bet Rose was like, oh, my God, same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love when she's like, I made 20 diapers thinking it would last me the whole time. And it lasted me one, one day. day. Yeah. <laughs> That's yep. why they really push the diapers as gifts at yep. baby showers, huh? And they like diaper yes. cake, diaper raffle, diaper this, diaper that. Everybody bring diapers. They're, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just they're want expensive diapers. too. Yeah, they're not cheap. And they literally, you're changing a diaper. I think six to ten times a day oh at my the beginning. God. Like my husband and I, at first, we like had to, I had some counter or like some app I was keeping track of how often I was doing diaper changes, and I ended up stopping. But we were like calculating how many we had changed in like a month and it was just insane yeah so it made me laugh when she was talking about changing these diapers how she changed 20 of 80s diapers over the period of his babyhood and she did 20 of of telegonus in one day and she was like thank the gods i did not have to sleep <laughs> like thank god i didn't have yeah. to waste time or like i didn't have to somehow budget in my own sleeping into this crazy schedule um, and I can imagine, like, can you imagine, Rose, if you w were raising your kid and you didn't have to sleep, like how much easier oh. it would have been? <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. This part was almost like a it was like a slap in the face. No, yeah. it, was, it was just like, well, good for you. Great. I'm really happy for you. I'm glad that you had. Yeah. that. That's wonderful. <laughs> but yeah, like for the rest of us normies. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we had to really, you know, us plebs. Yeah. But Telegonus, unfortunately, does not have a really easy babyhood. He seems to always be, like, crying in rage, throwing tantrums. He never sleeps, and there's no peace between them. And she says he hated this great world and everything in it, um, including her. So it's a really tough kind of baby era for Telegonus and Cersei together. Um, 
but eventually like he slowly starts to calm down and things get at least a little bit better in his disposition for her um but in the meantime it seems like fate honestly is out to try and kill this kid like wasps come in in droves <laughs> in the window and like knives and pots like fall an inch from his head and Cersei's like okay this is a little too weird that this is all ha- like I understand my kid is like half mortal but like this is just a little too weird and she realizes that like you know um Ilithia was was not at my birth like something's up Something's going on. And so she thinks that somebody really is out there trying to kill her kid. And so she takes Telegonus with her and she goes to an old pool on a peak in her island and she touches it and she says, does a god seek to harm my son? And the pool shows Cersei an image of her son dead and wrapped in a shroud. So, I mean, that's a pretty black and white answer, wouldn't you say? (laughs) (laughs) Does someone want me dead? Oh, it's a picture of me dead. (laughs) Like, oh, I feel okay. like that was a pretty straightforward answer. <laughs> oh. Oh, Got it. Okay. Loud and clear. <laughs> um, so she goes a step further and she says, you know, she asks the pool, well, who is it that seeks to harm him? And the pool doesn't show her anything. And so with, you know, FaceTime is off at the pool. So she decides to take her matters into her own hands. <laughs> so she goes home. She puts Telegonus to sleep in his crib next to her hearth. She surrounds him with this, like, semicircle of lions and wolves. She gets her staff out. She puts it on speakerphone. And she was like, show yourself, bitch. <laughs> like, who the fuck is it? Like, <laughs> she's like, wants to know. She's like, get out. Get down here. Say it to my face. Like, literally, I think she says, say it to my face. Taking off, <laughs> taking off her earrings. Yeah, she's taking off her earrings. She's putting her, she's putting her. This is the most, uh, this, this is the most, like, crafty witchy, like, that I feel like Cersei's ever been to. Yes. Like, I'm going to make a circle of salt and, yeah. 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 You get behind the line and you stay quiet, Telegonus. <laughs> Don't you move. So suddenly there's a flash of white lightning and we figure out who's got the hit out on her son. And it is Athena. Mm. That bitch, bitch, Athena. And she says, what I desire will come to pass. There is no mitigation. Give me the child. You bitch. I was like, did you just meet Cersei? Like, obviously she's not gonna do that. Uh-huh. So why did you even? What is the point of even saying that? Like, obviously it's not gonna happen. Nice try though. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, Athena, whatever. Um, <laughs> so Cersei and Athena are facing off. It's like an old Western duel on a main street, and Cersei, wow. yeah, there's like uh tumbleweeds going wow. by. Mm-hmm. They both have their hands like at their guns, like ready to draw. The horses you know? are nervous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The horses are very nervous. The lions and the wolves are pacing back and forth, and they're like, you know, in the background. Um, Cersei takes a moment here to remember what Odysseus told her, um, and not, you know, Athena's over on the side of the street, and she's just like, you know, giving her sermon about blah 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 blah. I'm a god. You're not obeying me. Blah, 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 blah. And Cersei's like, okay, Odysseus told me to watch the person, the enemy. Don't listen to them. Look at them and use my observational skills to size up that person. She notices that Athena is armed and armored from head to toe. 
And it's kind of weird. Mm. She thinks it's kind of weird because to face up against Cersei, who knows nothing of combat. So she knows something is up. She's like, why would Athena, who's like 100 million times more powerful than I am, um, show up here with like, ar- you know, weapons and armor and what's going on? Not just like in her Lululemons. Or <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kelsey, so she's a- she does know about war because Odysseus mansplained it to her last chapter. Oh, right. Yes, you're right. She yeah, was like, we need, well, we need what? a man to come in here to tell us that, right? <laughs> yeah. Cersei had no idea what that was. Thank God Odysseus showed up. <laughs> I know, geez. She was like, thank God. I mean, he was an expert, though, so I guess it's fair. Whatever. I'm so glad Odysseus left me those worksheets. <laughs> <laughs> those war workbooks. Work the art of war. <laughs> it's like hangman. A R hmm, what comes next? <laughs> so she knows that Athena is overdressed for like a kidnapping slash murder, and so she confronts her and she's like, There must be a reason that you're not killing Telegonus outright. Like, why have you like Loki tried to like banana peel him into a murder? Like, why have you like tried to nudge a knife over <laughs> and like, you know, nudge the knife and it accidentally yeah. cuts him in the face? Like, you know, what's going on? Like what why are you not just killing him outright? And it must be the fates who won't allow you to kill him. Right? Right? And so this is where right. I had to look up what the hell the fates were because I'm sure they got mentioned before, but I didn't remember. So so the fates are three old women who are charged with the destinies of all living beings, including heroes and heroines. And all those destinies are represented by a string. So the three fates are Clotho, Lachesis, and Atropos. Clotho would spin the string that represented the life of the person or the being. Lachesis would measure its length and determine the length of that being's life. And then Atropos, the eldest, would cut the string when the time was right and ending the being's life. So that's what the fates are. They're three old women. And that was our... Greek of the week! Greeks of the week! Cue the music! I'm giving time for the music to play! Aren't yeah. they the ones in Hercules who share the eye also, or was that different? Yeah. Oh. That, those were the fates, because they, like, have yeah. the string and the scissors or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they're, like, all-knowing. They're supposed to, like, know all the, you know, they have the indoor plumbing. Yeah. Game. All the destinies and stuff. I just remember them juggling that one eyeball and me getting so nervous about it falling on the ground. <laughs> it does yeah. at some point, and Hades yeah. takes the hair <laughs> yeah. off of it and, like, puts it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the fates—that's who the fates are. Thank you for our Greek of the week. Greek of the, Greek week. Of the week. So Cersei can tell by Athena's reaction to what she says that she hit the head on the nail. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback to earlier episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're recording this like right after episode eight came out so we're like a lot of like you know references there she hit the head on that nail um and so she's like yeah okay well like like maybe i can't kill this kid but like the face didn't say anything about like what i can do to you so and so cersei knows she has a point like she knows that Athena could like technically like harm her and hurt her and that would in turn affect Telegonus. so she tries to bring up the fact that like her family wouldn't like knowing that Athena harmed her and I was like mm, that's not a good way to go yeah she was like Cersei family. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's probably not the best most effective thing to say um but Athena just shoots back and she's like well if there's a war then we'll win you dumb little titan 
and <gasps> Cersei shoots back. Listen, bitch, if your daddy wanted a war, he would have sent a thunderbolt down himself. So what gives? Why the hell are you here? Why do you want to kill my damn kid? Mm hmm. She's like, give it up. And Athena's not doing it. Mm. So Cersei reminds her, if you're so angry with Odysseus for whatever the hell you're angry with him for, coming after Telegonus is not very effective because he doesn't even know that he exists. And Athena's like, you presume which? And so I was like, does he know? Does Odysseus know that Telegonus exists? That's what I wonder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like yeah. in this we've we've come to realize that this little world of Greek gods and titans and everything is a small town. You know, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like everybody knows everything, and I don't think that there's any way that this like outcast and exiled witch, daughter of the sun god, has any privacy whatsoever. So I feel like even with her like cloaking spell on the island. Somebody knows she had a kid. Somebody knows that he's half Odysseus and somebody went and told him or I don't know. Well, all those freaking nymphs. Hmm. Like when she sent them, they were probably like, (laughs) oh my God. Because you remember how they talked about Scylla? Yes. Well, that and then like, well, uh, but they didn't know that she was pregnant. I think they thought that she was like dying, right? I mean, not saying that they, maybe someone. Oh, I don't know. That's a good point. But I from what I took, they were like, oh, shit, she's poison. Like, what's going That girl is poison. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Poison, poison, poison. Well, I just remember because poison, I poison, there poison. was a line where she was like, hopefully their fathers would accept them back because they thought that getting pregnant from a mortal was catching. So like, they thought oh, you're right. Like, catch uh, pregnancy from yeah. her. You're right. <laughs> yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah. You're right. So finally, on the final confrontation, Athena still will not give it up as to like why she's here to kill Telegonus. And all that she says is that Cersei will be sorry for it for all the rest of her days if she does not let Athena kill him. She tells Cersei that if she lets her kill Telegonus, that she'll build a monument to him on the island. She'll send a worthy man to Ayaya to get Cersei pregnant again <laughs> with another son. And like the new son will have blessings of the palace of Athena. Mm. Athena herself will watch over the new son. He'll be a great leader, revered. He'll get $1.2 million, a new Tesla, the latest <laughs> iPhone, a trip to the Bahamas. Like she promises him like everything under the goddamn book. But wait, there's more. And if- <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> It's in our showcase showdown. <laughs> Sad horns. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, our girl Cersei is no dum-dum, right? So Athena doesn't regard children as living, being, living, breathing beings. She says, or Cersei tells her, or Cersei thinks to herself, children are not sacks of grain to be substituted one over the other. And I was just listening to an early cut of one of our later episodes. Well, at this point, you have, will have already heard it, but I think it's chapter 11. Mm-hmm. And they said this also, the same exact line uh, yes. in that line as well. And when, so when she's thinking about Daedalus having died with no other living children mm-hmm. and wishing that she had actually, you know, bore him a child so that he could have company or he can have companionship aside from Icarus who had died and she has this same exact quote and feeling at the time where children are not sacks of grain where you can just if you lose one you can get a new one at the corner market like it doesn't work Mm -mm. like that you know and I knew when I read this I was like this sounds familiar like where did I hear this before and I was like oh 
chapter 11. <laughs> so in saying so, Cersei effectively draws her line in the sand against Athena. And she's like, oh, so do you stand against me? And she's like, yep, I sure do, bitch. It's on. Consider it on, bitch. <sighs> and Athena says, you cannot watch him all the time. I will take him in the end. And the chapter ends with Cersei saying, you do not know what I can do. I love that line because it's like, (laughs) it says that she said it after Athena was gone, but she didn't care. And I'm like, I've had so many of those where I'm like, oh, I should have said that. Or like, it's just like a second too late. (laughs) And you're like, oh, well, how about this beach? And you're like, oh, they're not here anymore. Whatever. Uh I still said it. (laughs) They're sleeping. Dang it. I said, I don't care what you do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she heard me did you hear that she heard me uh, <laughs> she, she heard me she heard me <laughs> can you hear me uh i will say i still i'm like bitter about i think was it athena or no it was artemis oh yeah was oh the, the one, one who killed ariadne yes so i guess it wasn't athena no. i'm like if it was spoiler athena, alert hope you're watching in order still mad at artemis yeah I'm listening no, if you're not that's your problem <laughs> jesus <Yeah. Rose>. savage <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I you're mean, not wrong, on, but yeah. <laughs> not my problem. Not a real uh, fan, clearly. Yeah. Real fans listen in mm-hmm. order. And all of our episodes. <laughs> yep. I I did have a oh, I don't know if anyone had any couple notes, but I, I had a couple thoughts as a as a mom um <laughs> after this chapter. Never was there a more realistic depiction of like early motherhood and pregnancy. And I really appreciated that like You know, in movies and media, a lot of times it's just like, I think Amy Schumer says like it best. It's like you cut to like a mom with like a perfectly round belly with um, overalls on and she's painting the room. Oh my God. Yeah. Cliche. And like that is so not like, you know, for a lot of women, uh, myself included, it's pretty miserable. Um, You feel this real sense of like loss of your body because there are things happening like I get gestational or I will find out if I have it this time around, but I had it last time. And then there's just other things like I get heartburn like crazy. I out of breath. I'm tired. Like there's all these other things that are happening. And it's just a lot of weight on your hips and your legs. There are times where I get up in the middle of the night and I literally feel like I am an 89 year old. Like I just <laughs> I'm like this must be what it feels like to walk to the bathroom because I'm so stiff and everything hurts so much. Um, it's not an easy thing to like carry this life and then you're worried about it and um, well then everyone is treating you as though it's like the best thing to ever happen to you right and they're like oh you're a mom it's a miracle and it's like okay but I'm hating every minute of it (laughs) yeah yeah well I feel like especially like the pregnancy part and then like you know you come out of the pregnancy and you do you know it's it's hard because it's like It is true. Like being a parent, there is just something innately incredible about that experience. And I mean, like I sometimes think about how much I love my kid and I just want to cry. Like I just like it's almost overwhelming. Like I've never loved anything and I never probably will love anything like I love my children. You know, it's just it's different. Um and it's it's just wild being part of that club and you feel privileged on one end because you've got a kid and you've but at the same time uh having a baby is also really hard and so you finally aren't pregnant anymore but you're also you know especially the newborn phase the first three to like six months just depending (laughs) 
uh, on your kid and what you do if you're breastfeeding or formula feeding or whatever. Um, I just know from personal experience, like it's, it's not, it's nuts. And, um, and then I got really bad postpartum anxiety. And then I also had other health issues that happened that I think were because a pregnancy, I don't, it was just, it was a wild time for me and it was really, really rough. I feel a little bit more prepared this time because I know it's not forever, but I just love that. Like, I don't know the way that it's written. I really appreciated it. And I remember as I read it, it was one of the first, I think it was the first book that I read after I've given birth where I was like, this is so real. This person totally has absolutely gone through this. Like I was not surprised when I found out Madeline Miller is a mom. I'm sure she wrote from her own personal experience. And then I also just felt like I would, I would empathize and appreciate it, you know, before, but I just, you, you feel seen, you feel heard, you feel like I, I've been in that position. And even like the part where she talked about, like, sometimes it was better to have the baby like crying all the time because at least she knew like they were okay. It just like totally brought me back to a time where like I'd be driving in my car and, um, my daughter hated driving and like being in the car, in the car seat. I mean, like literally would just scream bloody murder. And I remember at some time though, wishing she would cry because then I knew she was okay. Like even then when she was like asleep in her car seat, cause I was so paranoid about like, you know, everything you read is like, don't let your kids fall asleep too long and SIDS and this and that. And so you're just so scared of anything. So when they're quiet, it's like, you're almost like, Oh my God, are they okay? Are they still breathing? I can't check on them. I don't know. I don't know. And like, at least when she was screaming, I knew she was okay. You know, like she might not have been happy, but she was okay. And that's like, that's when you know, the anxiety is pretty bad. Right. Uh, (coughs) When you're like hoping for them to cry. So you know, they're all right. So it just, you know, it's, it's a rough, it's a rough couple months of, um, and I just think she did a good job of like explaining how, like when you're in it, it just feels like forever. And then later on being like, oh man, I wish I had just known it wasn't going to be forever. And I would have felt, I would have gotten through it a little easier. Right. So I just shout out to Madeline Miller for this chapter. I think she did, like I said, a really good job of, um, talking about the realities of what it means to be a mom on so many levels. And even just like, I, you know, Cersei makes a list of the things she would do for her son. Like after he's born, like I would scald my skin off and I would do this. Rip out my own eyeballs. Yeah. (laughs) But it's true. I mean, like you literally would do, you know, I remember my husband at the very beginning being like, man, if there was a bus, I'd be like, bye world. Like, see you later. Like I'm going to do anything I needed to, to like protect my, my child. Uh, Speaking of motherhood, I had uh, some candles. The first candle is cheese, seaweed, earth, and roses. And it's called motherhood (laughs) because those are all the smells that seem to make Cersei sick at the beginning. Um, (laughs) I I thought you were going to say like, those are all her favorite things. And it's no, it's everything that makes her nauseous. Well, I think, (laughs) I know, I think they were her favorite things and they turned on her, which is unfortunate. Uh, But just for that time. Yeah, maybe not anymore. (laughs) Just for that time. Um, So then cedar and herbs is called comfort because she burns some of those like to try to calm herself down at one point. 
And I think, yeah, those were the only two. I had Athena down as Greek of the Week, but I'm pretty sure that we, I don't know, maybe we haven't seen the last of her, so she can be a different week since we did the Fates this time. <laughs> I keep wanting to call them the, Fur- the yeah. Furies, but those are different. So <laughs> yeah. the last note I had, they call it a Caesarean section, but it should be a Circerian section because that was, like, she was... Circerian. She did it first. I'm pretty sure she was <laughs> existed before Caesar. I mean, I know she never existed, but, like, the timeline, I feel like, is... <laughs> yes. Pre-Caesar, so... Although I don't know what Pacifase was then. But maybe she still performed mm, yeah. the first one, right? So she she did she knew how to do it because she did it before and then she did it on herself. I don't know. Maybe well, maybe Pacifarian is like if someone does it for you, <laughs> but Circesarian is if you do it yourself. <laughs> yourself. Yeah. You cut badass. your own belly open and grip that kid and rip it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was our episode, well, that's kids. It. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this very special episode of Three Women and a Baby. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.